Something New is supported by listeners like you. Visit joelbnew.com and help this podcast continue to grow, thrive, and be a part of the creative conversation. Special thanks to the Dramatist Guild Fund for welcoming us into their space for part one of today's episode. Providing the music hall at DGF for writers to use for free is one of the many ways the Dramatist Guild Fund supports writers. I invite you all to find out more about DGF by visiting their website at www.dgfund.org or on Twitter at DGFund. This is Joel B. New, and you're listening to Something New, my chance to talk with some of the savviest performers in the theater industry, hear their stories, work through and premiere a brand new original song, and get to the heart of what makes them the working, multifaceted artists they have come to be. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 2. Joel, it's only been a week since your last episode. My goodness, won't you slow down? I will not. It is Monday night. Um, I am in bed. Um, I can hear my neighbors talking outside. Um, all is all is right with the world here in Inwood. Uh, how's, how's everybody doing? Um, I wasn't planning to have an episode this week, but uh, the funniest thing happened. Um, I had two impromptu interviews with two really awesome guys, and I had to share these with you as soon as as humanly possible. And those two interviews were, as you're about to hear, with Michael Gilbo, who is the creator and host of the awesome podcast Broadway Bullet, which I've been listening to since I was a wee little thing uh, before something new existed, and um, and James Ludwig, who is a co-creator and co-host of The Happy Hour Guys, which is a web series where they go and explore different distilleries and bars and all sorts of other fun antics. So you're going to get a hodgepodge today. Uh, Part one is with Michael Gilbo, and we recorded that uh, at DGF. And then you're going to hear my impromptu interview with James here at my apartment where we recorded the song. Uh, The song is going to sound familiar to uh, some of you. Uh, Devoted Joel B. New fans, or newbies, as I swear I'm calling you. (laughs) Um will have heard this song a couple of times. I sang, uh, it's Cabot Cove. It's the title song of the EP that I'm, you know, trying my, I'm secreting my darndest to make sure that we can make this happen in just a couple months time. I got a microphone upgrade for Christmas. Yay. Thanks me. Um, so you'll hear a remarkably huge difference between the mic mic quality for Michael's episode and for James's. So look forward to more high quality mic episodes. I'm very excited about that. We all we each, we each have our own mic. Like the guest has a mic. I have a mic. It's madness, madness. I tell you, it's like we're a real podcast. Um, if you liked my interview with Michael Arden last week, and it certainly seems like a, a great many of you did, um, please do me a favor and leave like a really nice rating and a comment on iTunes. Like that's how we gain visibility. It's not about the download numbers, which um, are lovely. And I'm so grateful that people are listening. Um, But iTunes doesn't really care about that. iTunes cares about ratings. And, you know, the more five-star reviews we have, the higher we go in the charts. Um, I would love it if something new were a chart-topping podcast. Um, It is in my heart. Um, but if we can also make it on my, uh, screen, 
that would be great. <laughs> As I said, uh, today's song is the title song from the upcoming Cabot Cove EP, um, and it actually may end up being the final song, the final track on the album, which is kind of weird, uh, the way it's shaping up as I'm writing the other songs and realizing what the order might be. Um, I'm having a really good time hearing these songs on other voices uh, that aren't mine, because there's plenty of time for that later. Um, and I also am having a really good time seeing what I discover with the influences of not only the titles that you guys voted on, but also knowing who has to sing these songs other than myself. So it's um, it's a very, very fun challenge, and I hope you're enjoying it as much as I am. Remember... James Ludwig's performance of Cabot Cove will be available to stream on SoundCloud and a video on YouTube coming soon. Special thanks to The One Train, Stephanie Layton, Peyton Royal, Joel Dickinson, and the Dramatist Guild Fund for hosting us. From my bed in Inwood, this is Joel B. New and Strider saying thank you for dropping by for something new. Bye, guys. Joel B. New here from Something New, sitting next to my good friend Michael Gilbo from Broadway Bullet. Yeah. Um, how's it going? It, it's been going very busy. It's been, a, it's been a busy five years since moving back to Montana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that still where you're based? And then... uh, yeah, I'm, I'm based out of Montana. Um, I head up a performing arts department at the, a small Catholic university there. Nice. Um, that's been a lot of fun and unexpected. Uh, and... Uh, I pursued my master's with that because somehow I got really incredibly lucky. A lot kind of due to Broadway Bullet on my resume, too, is why they did hire me with only an undergraduate um, degree nice. there. But I did decide that, you know, administration whims, you know, whatever, you know, could change. Um, I, I was urged that I should look at, you know, a master's degree. And I'm like, well, how do you do this when um, you're teaching around, you know? And, yeah. You know, but uh, I found an awesome MFA program, uh, Hollins University. In uh, Florida, I got my MFA in playwriting, but it's a very uh, it's a low residency. You just go summers. Mm, oh, nice! And it's a really intense six weeks um, every summer. For how many summers? Well, most people take four to five. Uh-huh. Um, I managed to do it in three summers, and then my thesis. It uh, turns out I tied for the fastest ever to graduate <laughs> through the program. <laughs> That's crazy. Are you yeah, pretty competitive? Were you mad when you found out it was a tie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How did I know that? How did I know that? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't well, even. Yeah. yeah. It's mostly I just didn't want to drag it out forever. You know, right. while well, you know, I meant doing some independent study classes and writing, but it's a writing program, so it's not like and the, the professors are very on task and very accessible. So hey, what I do is I do sixteen credits in the summer when they mostly recommended eight or twelve. <laughs> and uh and, and they worked with me on some of the independent study. They worked with me on projects at the school. There were a couple things I did um, with my own job that they kind of allowed right, me you were able to, to be independent study. Yes, I wrote papers on in addition to what I did to let it cross. Like we took our students to um, the, the uh, I co-wrote a musical with my students called The Dead Legend. Nice. And two summers ago we, we brought all of them out from Montana. It was a 20-person cast. Uh, to perform at the New York Musical Theater Festival in the Pearl Theater. In oh, you July. did Nymph? Yes. Nice. When was that? Uh, 2013. Okay. Summer. So, yeah, it's kind of ironic. I had always wanted to do Nymph, but while I was in New York, I didn't have the time. I was always busy recording, and mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I go to Montana, and I, and I perform in Nymph. That's really funny. <laughs> and it was great. I had the school raising money for us to do it. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. 
Yeah, you were always such a big advocate of Nymph, you know, when you were bulleting. Yeah. I remember, I mean, that's when, you know, I got a, a lot of information about Nymph and BMI and all that kind of stuff through Broadway Bullets. I mean, I knew, I knew that podcast before I knew who you were. Um, it, it was a great, I mean, I, I've always liked new work, and, and I always feel like you learn more from new work than, um, than established hits, you know, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when something's a hit and a big smash, um, you know, it's, it's just seamless. You know, and, 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 and what's right or wrong doesn't matter anymore, because it works. When you go see new things um, that are still in development, uh, you, you learn so much more. And, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but I, I like going to watch and, and pick apart. I like to go and be, in my head, quote-unquote, show doctor. Yeah. You know, can, can this be fixed? How would I have done this? Would I have taken this a little bit different? You know, could the moments work a little bit better? Because um, musicals are, are hard. They take a long time to get right. And yes. and I don't think it would be too upset or surprised to say that, you know, there's been very, very few things I've seen at Nymph that are, like, ready, ready to go. There have been a lot of fantastic things that have gone on, mm-hmm. a lot of fantastic things that should have gone on, but it, most not in that necessarily in that incarnation. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. no, no. Nymph to me is very, it's very gestational. It, it feels like an incubatory more to me than it does a showcase. Yeah, and, and it's an incubatory where you can actually put the show up, because mm-hmm. I think, I mean, God, playwrights today, you know, get read to death, and and, and musicals, I even think worse. It's like, huh. you know, reading a script is hard enough, but then I think too many people approach a reading like it's the be all and end all. You know, I mean, it's still not theater. It's still not it's the still, visuals. It's still more tell than show. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, and I often hear too much feedback, and I see maybe a lot of writers that, that quote-unquote, write for the reading. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's great in the reading, you know, because they focus on the language and everything so much. And to the point that sometimes some of the best readings, quote-unquote, I see, I'm like, okay, what's, what's a theatrical production really going to add now? Right. Yeah, because <laughs> we've gotten what we've needed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you know, there might be some visuals to go along with it, but we don't need anything else to tell the story because you worked. But that's not theater. Yeah, that's an know. audio book. Yeah, that's a, that's a, radio, that's a radio play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and so I, I I just wonder if there's too many people writing for that. But with you know, and, and musicals even worse. There's you know, you know, reading is still not the dancing, not the choreography, not all the the symbolism that can go with the movement attached to a song lyric, and the fact that Nymph lets you put things up on its feet in an actual show in front of the audience I think for, for probably for most people is the first time they get a chance to evaluate it from that standpoint yeah which is, which is why it's so important and as an audience that's a you know and as an audience as a writer um, as somebody who directs as well as somebody who um, occasionally acts but don't really go for that I mean I, that's just the most educational place to look at directorial choices writing choices how can this be cleaned up and and not in a nitpicky mean way no but just no. as it, it truly sharpens your skills mm-hmm. if you're willing to be an active <laughs> yeah, yeah participant in that nothing audience. teaches you dramaturgy more than actually drum turging <laughs> <laughs> the university of great falls great falls is a small town it's my hometown and and i basically survived there by this little bubble world it was truly and it was totally an accidental position i didn't move back for it um, I moved back because my um, significant other, uh, we, she moved to New York with me way back when, uh-huh. but her parents weren't doing well, and she's like, I need to move back to take care of my parents. Are you coming? And I was like, okay. Well, my full plans were to just set up a recording studio and do my same thing there, and I did set up a recording studio, but they were looking for a, 
I knew they had lost their part-time one-class adjunct drama teacher at the program. I talked to the only the one or two people that I know of that had some sort of masters, and they weren't intending on going for it. Yeah. You know, they aren't going to drag in somebody for a one-credit uh, class. So I said, right. oh, even though I only have an undergraduate, you know, let me let me ask. Yeah, and, throw uh, your hat in the ring. And, and I'm like, it'll be nice you know, to do a little bit of theater again. It'll be nice to build up, to have that little bit of extra income while I'm building up my clientele and recording. Uh-huh. Um, but it actually turned out they liked me so much that they somehow cobbled together like funds for a full-time position for me. That's huge. Yeah, so that was very busy because <laughs> creating a department from scratch. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a major, but uh, but I teach two classes that are on like the fine arts gen ed requirements and I do all the productions and shows, and because it's not a major, I don't necessarily have like accreditation to worry about. And they've kind of let me have free reign. But like I said, to write a show with the students and have the nutty idea that we're going to, you know, take them to New York, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and you know, I've done I've done other original shows there as well, in addition to bigger musicals like we've done Chicago, and we just did Into the Woods, and and that. But um, finally, after in the middle of all this, completing my masters. People have been emailing me about Broadway Bullet occasionally over the years, going, oh, I still like it. Have you ever thought about doing it again? Is it ever coming back? And my God, I don't know how, is all I was thinking. And then uh, ran into Jay Duckworth at the KCACTF, Kennedy Center American College Theater Festival in okay. Ellensburg, Washington, that we took some of our students to. And uh, Jay Duckworth, the props master at uh, the public, was a keynote speaker, and he did a class or two there. And I was in one of his classes and asked a question. And afterwards, he came storming up to me. He's going, I recognize your voice. Why would I recognize your voice? And I'm like, he's like, he brought a bullet. He's like, oh, yeah. And he's like, freaking out. He's like, you absolutely got to figure out a way. And uh, I looked at my stats for the first time. I mean, I had kept them all up, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the feed and everything. But I had never bothered looking at the stats of the numbers. And, like, over the five years that it was inactive, it, every show had, like, doubled, at least. Some shows, you know, so with some of the bigger names on it, way... Yeah way more than that and there were still tons of people hanging on to the subscription feed you know you know it's awesome so i'm like wow there's i wouldn't actually be starting from scratch if i you so know, it's started. definitely like popular demand brought you back yeah like um and like, you know not just popular demand for my audience but for me too um while it's great to have the creative freedom i do in my department it's a small city of about sixty thousand. it's a military-based town a farming farming uh community Outside, it's really not, you know, not that Montana is like the artistic hub of anything, but we're definitely not the artistic hub of Montana. <laughs> Which I should say thankfully, because because of that, it opened up a lot of opportunities for me to come in and, and do a lot. Yeah. But on the same hand, I don't necessarily have the same competitive motivation that New York was so vital for me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this place will push you to get... And intellectual like, yeah. stimulation, which, you know, the, and and you know, my my master's program was providing that for summers for a while to get out and that meet with sense. people. Yeah. But with that over, I was like, where am I going to meet and talk to people who are doing more than I am? You know. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And uh, so that was just a, kind of the right timing with Jay Duckworth, and it all hit. And I'm going, well, I have friends and family here. I still come out once a year to visit anyway. If I came out twice a year, came out for just a touch longer. Stacked up all the interviews in the, you know, and, uh, you know, and then released them out. Maybe that could work. And so, yeah, I did. So, I, you know, worked on setting up a date to come out in July and 
thankfully a lot of people remembered who the hell I was, so <laughs> I didn't have to work insanely hard to get a bunch of guests on. And I'm back here in New York for just completed my second round of interviews for the the next season. Just try to keep busy with a lot of things. Stay writing, stay working at university. Broadway Bullets, invigorating and exhausting, but invigorating. I'm so excited <laughs> that it's back. Yeah. You know, I was I was a huge fan, and I you know when, when it went away, I was I was very sad. Where we're recording Drama Skilled Fund. Drama Skilled Fund. Their their music room is an amazing resource for writers, mm-hmm. and they were generous to allow me to record and you and you to record. We're I'm so all... glad you had the same idea. I was like, I was like, why wouldn't you use this space? Well, I I, I was looking for space in December, you know, because I you know been lucky enough to have people to donate space for me to record as I came back. But December is a bad time, you know. But I have to work with my school breaks. Yep, and I, that makes you know, sense. And you know, every place I was talking about before is like, oh, we might have a Christmas party here. I don't want to, you know, uh-huh, uh-huh. don't want to book it, you know. And uh, Shane Marshall Brown again like represents these guys, and he was like, ah, I think I can get you in for a couple days in there. And and then the, then another PR rep was like, oh, I got an empty space above you know our room. So they were they were really kind and generous about cobbling together because I mean Broadway Bullet does not make a dime. I mean it. No, uh, no not only does it not, not make neither, a dime, I'm spending. You know, new, yeah. I fund it. I spend it. I travel. Mm-hmm. I pay the hosting, and um, it's <laughs> so paying for a space to interview on top of it would have been a bit yeah. crippling. Podcasts but. are nothing but labors of love, you guys. Yeah. Nothing but. <laughs> yeah, in, in, unless you're NPR. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, we're going bigger than ever. We're talking with DG Fun. We're going to do next time around when I come back in May, we're going to do start trying to extend your video and, you know, audition. I liked always recording live people in my studio when I had my studio here. Yeah. Um, that's not been feasible with the trip back. But their music room here is great. And they said, we're, we're going, so we're basically on. May Sunday, we already know the date. May Sunday, May 29th, we're going to have a mini little private concert for composers and performers and video new up and coming composers and their songs and That's use awesome. those recordings in the next the following season, you know, the podcast and Great. have a monologue night here on the Friday before for new playwrights. So, uh, so Let's check that out, guys. Yeah, keep expanding. So, yeah, if any of you are listening and, and want to get involved and, and be one of those. Writers or uh, in either monologue night or uh, or showcase night, you can reach me at broadwaybulletnyc at gmail dot com. There you go. <laughs> what's uh What's your Twitter handle and all that? My Twitter handle is at broadwaybullet um, or at Michael Gilbo. Okay, either one. Well, who um who all can we look forward to hearing on your show? Do you give that away? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely starting to put the the preview out of uh, thing. Well, we've got uh I got three interviews from Hamilton. We've got um, Alex Lacamoire, who is a uh, Tony winner from or, Orchestrator Ranger from In the Heights, and now mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. Uh, who likely to be the Tony winner for uh, <laughs> for the same thing yeah, yeah. in this, and always one of fretting the, the, the uh, stage manager Jason Bassett from Hamilton. Really, really interesting, and it turns out his parents live like 20, 30 minutes outside of my hometown in Montana. Yeah, small world, people. That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> uh, two of the swings, the dance captain, and one of the person who covers five different roles in Hamilton. Um, so those will be some good interviews. Interviewed Andrea McCardle, mm-hmm. um, who is currently in the two-hander to a cross. Uh, I interviewed uh, Bobby Steggert. And you'll be outraged when you hear what he has to say that's clickbait on the internet. On the uh, he, he truly he marches to his own drummer. I don't want to spoil it, but he's uh, one of the most different interviews I've ever had with uh, really? an actor in terms of... 
of his goals, and I'm sure his personal publicist would hate what he had to say on my podcast. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> um, then we then I got a personal fave of mine, Lynn Wintersteller, uh, who uh, anybody if you haven't studied uh, the the four hander off Broadway closer than ever. You absolutely must, and she's my absolute favorite of all those performers for 25 years, and and she's currently in Sheer Madness, and I saw her in the cast and going, I have got to talk with her, because she's probably one of the best, you know, cabaret Broadway song interpreters I've ever heard, um, and and that's just scratching the surface. Uh, from from the Music Hall at the, the DG Fund, this is Joel B. New. And Michael Gilbo. Saying thank you for dropping by for something new. Okay. This episode is brought to you in part by Spaz Candy, the new album by The Perfectly Violent Dream with Becca Ayers. Um, Becca and I go way back, and when I discovered that she was also an amazing pop artist and songwriter and all of the things, um, I, I couldn't believe it. And not only is she really good at it, but other people are taking notice. Her and her performing partner, Bradley Dean White, uh, their album Spaz Candy was just named Album of the Year on Snow Jams with Sheldon Snow. I see what Sheldon did there. That's clever. Spaz Candy is an alternative indie pop album. I'm mildly obsessed with it. Uh, it has been compared. They have been compared to such artists as the B-52s, the Might Be Giants, absolutely, um, and some other names that I can't pronounce. Pampa La Mousse. I've heard of them, and um, let's just keep butchering names. Why not? Jill Saboule, Jill Saboul, and The Divine Comedy. Uh, it's a mad and silly Technicolor romp through late 60s psych pop, hints of early Motown, 80s punk, and 90s alternative. I agree with all of those, dead on. You know exactly what you are, and I love you for it. It's available on iTunes or at spazcandy.com, and that's spaz with a Z, in case you didn't know that. Spaz Candy by The Perfectly Violent Dream with Becca Ayers. You should buy it. I love that you did some light YouTubing. I've, some, I've not heard that before. No? I like that. Yeah, some light YouTubing. <laughs> I have to make sure I also throw back in here um, James Ludwig, um, Scruffy and Unassuming. Scruffy and Unassuming. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was doing some light YouTubing to find out what your voice was like because I know I know your bio and I know you and I like you and you know I was, I was like I assume he's really talented because <laughs> <laughs> he's James Ludwig and um, yeah just like it's a very nice it's a really nice instrument and I'm so Thank glad you. that um, that we got to play today. Well, and I, I'm really, you know, part of this year is about, there really isn't, speaking of light YouTubing, there needs to, there isn't enough of me singing out there right about now. So well, the opportunity get to... Get ready. Well, like, thank you. Anytime you need me, I'm coming because I just, the opportunity to get some more of me out there that way, I've just been too busy in the last couple of years and I need to do that, you know, I need to get some more of me out there singing. So I guess I'm really, ooh, ooh, this, oh. we're, I, I think this is going to happen. Uh, the Happy Hour guys are going to host... We've we pitched this to 54 Below, the Happy Hour Guys hosting an evening of musical theater drinking songs. What? Yes. That is a wonderful idea. Isn't that a great idea that for a cabaret great show? great idea. Just yeah. drinking songs and make a drinking game out of it. Of course. Like the patter becomes like drinking games. Mm-hmm. 
I, what cabaret space wouldn't want that? Because yeah. talk about two drink minimum, that'd be like a nine drink minimum. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Oh, that's genius. This is going to happen this year. You heard it here first. Heard I'm announcing first. here on the Joel B. New Podcast. Something new exclusive. Something new and exclusive. Look for it. Possibly at 54 Below this season. The Happy Hour Guys hosting an evening of musical theater drinking songs. We might call it Drink With Me. We might call it that. I don't know. Amazing. Maybe. Who knows? Amazing. Jen Tepper, get on it. <laughs> well, I've already talked to her and she's like, this is a great idea. Email me. So we'll see. It's a genius idea. Yeah. We'll yeah. See. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, me too. Ooh, ooh. I'm just... Now I'm just distracted thinking about drinking songs. Well, let's. Why don't we write some? Let's. Yeah. You, you, should, you need to be there. You're. You should be one of the. Uh, we'll premiere a song of yours there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Totally done. You heard it here first, guys. <laughs> I'm writing a drinking song for yeah. the Happy Hour guys. <laughs> premiering at 54 Below. Date to be determined. Date to be determined. Yeah. You'll sing it. Sure. Okay. Absolutely. I would Great. love that. You heard it here first, guys. James Ludwig <laughs> is going to sing a brand new drinking song. Yeah. At 54 Below at Drink With Me. I mean, uh, this is a good season for drinking songs in Broadway in general. I mean, Hamilton's got like nine of the songs have to do with drinking. You know, they're right. Like, Raise right. a glass to freedom. I just keep on. They're always talking. They're always singing about drinking. So. Yeah. Yeah, we want to get Skinner, uh, even though she's doing it in the the Hal Prince thing. We want to want to get Skinner to come in and do um, Ladies Who Lunch. To do Ladies Who Lunch. Oh, yeah. I would love to see her do that. Yeah, yeah. and Brooksy Brooks Ashmanskis Ashmanskis, uh, <laughs> who possibly is one of the most soused uh, actors in all of New York most of the time, uh, <laughs> will will come and do something. I am certain. I mean, we'll we'll just tell him there's free booze, and hopefully he'll show up. So yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to tell him at some point. It was, he, he's like, oh, is this... Um, I didn't know this was a drinking concert. I was just, I was <laughs> I was just, just drinking. I was just doing what I always do. Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How nice of you to build a concert around my strengths, <laughs> my talents. <laughs> one of, possibly one of the funniest human beings walking the face of the earth. He's very, very funny. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Um, so, so, James, Jimmy, what... Can I call you Jimmy? Sure. Lots of people do. What? Who are the Happy Hour guys? The Happy Hour guys are two Broadway actors, myself and Mark Aldrich. Mark did Ragtime, and he was original cast of Newsies. He's out on the national tour right now, in fact. And we met doing a production of 1776 at the Ford's Theater. Nice. Who were you? I was Jefferson, the shortest Jefferson in history. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm, I'm almost six feet, but he was, what, six four? Uh, but my temperament was perfect for it. And uh, Louis Cleal was the tallest Adams in the history of musical theater because he's huge. He's like 6'3". But his temperament's perfect for it as well because he's always been a curmudgeonly old man <laughs> trapped in a gorgeous leading man body. And <laughs> it, was, it was a fantastic production. Mark and I kept running into each other at these great bars in D.C. And we started talking about bars and history, which is kind of what our country is all about. Mm-hmm. In one way or another, and we thought maybe there's a show here. He was a big Travel Channel person, Anthony Bourdain. And uh, a couple of years later, I was in a great big fat hit of a Broadway show, and I was making a lot of money. And I thought I am going to produce this, and we put some money together and we shot a pilot. And that was 2006, and that was like like you intended that like like for network TV or cable. Yeah, TV we were or, trying like, to shoot a pilot that we would then pitch to cable to try and get a cable TV uh, cable TV show made, and ironically. We did that. We spent all this money, and it just sort of sat there. And then we started producing, and we were blogging and doing all this kind of stuff. And about a year and a half later, I was on tour, and my phone rang. No, I got an email 
and it was a producer working with a production company that I will not name that was producing for a cable channel I will not name, but it rhymes with Schmiscovery. Uh, (laughs) that said we love your stuff we want you to prepare a sizzle reel because we think you're going to be great for this pilot we're putting together Um, all right yes uh, yes and so that and that is a whole chapter of our history that uh is is uh it's quite the roller coaster this will be in the the coffee table book yes yes it is yes it is um but that's we've had a series of i would call them drive-bys with cable since we started doing the show and now you're so so then um youtube became your outlet youtube and vimeo those are our places yeah and you're on the vimeo um that's actually our preferred carrier really yeah we really? like how they make things look their codec somehow makes everything a little prettier than it's YouTube. a really pretty yeah. site yeah. yeah i like youtube too yeah youtube's great i mean you can't beat it for the slash you'll be new you know yeah slash you'll be new it's it's you cannot beat the reach of youtube you just no. can't you know, and we have great resources here in New York because of YouTube space and, you know, all the stuff. You can go to YouTube and take classes. Have you done that? Mm. It's amazing. What? Yeah, free. Kidding free. me. No. You have to have a certain number of subscribers to your YouTube channel. But if you do, over certain numbers, um, if you have a big number, like not a big number for some people, but if you have over 5,000 subscribers, the YouTube space is this massive studios, state-of-the-art equipment, green screen. And if you have more than 5,000 subscribers, you can use it for free what yeah that's crazy i don't have five thousand subscribers. <laughs> we don't either <laughs> <laughs> but what a nice thought it is it is it's a beautiful beautiful thought <laughs> <laughs> but now you're you're 300 and 320 episodes in all video 320 episodes yeah that's a lot of beer that's a lot of drinking that's yeah yeah like have you have you measured how many like how many drinks have you had on there if i think if, if i've added it all up my liver might attempt to just jump out of my body <laughs> so i try to shield my my organs from that actual knowledge of what that is do you have a spit bucket <laughs> <laughs> no but you know what the funny part is we um people go oh you must be drunk all the time and we're actually both really cheap dates you know what i mean i <laughs> i can drink about and especially when we're shooting we don't drink usually more than one or two because at that point, you know, the, the, the interview train leaves the station. And you yeah. think, I'm awesome. This beer is making me awesome. And then the next day you play the footage and go, oh, oh no. no. That yeah. sucks. <laughs> so we, and, and you know, I, I just, uh, I've never been that guy. I could never put away a lot of alcohol. Yeah. So it doesn't take much to get me wasted. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. All of my exes know this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, it, you know, it's, it's uh, we, we do it really for the for the flavor and for the for the creativity and for the the art of it do which drink, is incredible. Do you drink anything but other than beer? Oh, no, I mean the Happy Hour guys isn't just beer. I mean we are we are beer and you know everything we've done everything from we're beer heavy for sure. But beer, craft wine, we do we've done a lot of distilleries, craft distilleries, meaderies, uh, you name it, we shot at a maple syrup producer once. I mean, we've done, if it's craft and we're interested in it, we will shoot there. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, wow. I just, I can't get over 320 episodes <laughs> in. Like, I don't know what that looks like. Because I'm like 58 episodes in. But when you were one episode in, could you picture 58? No. So no, that's the key. Yeah. You just put your head down and keep doing it. Yeah. Which is what we did. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Good on you. <laughs> <laughs> um, gosh, what else should I know? So, 
We got a big year coming up. Yeah, yeah. There's some exciting stuff, and I can talk about this a little bit right now, but um, I can't give you the specific details until they're ready to drop, but we are going to be doing some stuff this year that brings our Broadway lives and our craft lives, specifically our craft beer lives, together. So I'll let you ruminate on what that could possibly be. We'll just let that... Let that brew. Yeah. See what I did there? Let that brew and see what comes of it. But it's a really, there's some really exciting possibilities about what we're going to be doing this year content-wise. I'm very, very excited about that. Thank you. Thank you. In addition to the content we're already doing with breweries and distilleries and all over the country. So, cool. Well, I can't wait to check out more episodes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and then you, you got me something. I, I did. Should I should <laughs> so um, this is the first guest on something new who's given me swag, <laughs> and I'm very flattered. Um, do you want to explain what this is? Sure. Uh, very important piece of equipment for the drinker, especially for so, the beer drinker. Mm-hmm. It is a koozie. I have a, co- I have a cozy. <clears throat> a, a beer. Some places it, they call it a cozy. Some places you call it a koozie. It is the little insulating sleeve that you slide your beer can or beer bottle into. Mm-hmm. This is a Happy Hour Guys koozie. It's awesome. It also works very well as a phone case for... <laughs> But you can't look at your phone. But it really does protect your case well. Works also as like very small shorts for tiny dogs. <laughs> Strider. We'll Strider, try, we'll try this. Uh, but it, it, and also I brought you, there is a beer inside of the koozie uh, from uh, a, a brewery that we're big, big fans of that you may have heard of called Lagunitas. They're out in California. Hmm? Actually, they're sort of a little controversial right now because they're one of those craft brewers that just quote unquote sold out. Heineken bought <clears throat> a... Uh, shall we say, a partnership with them mm-hmm. that we think cost them somewhere close to a billion dollars. Wow. That's billion with a B, you guys. <coughs> billion with a B. Well, I can't wait to try this beer. It's, um, I brought you brown sugar. Sugar. Terrific beer. I cannot wait. Thank you so much. And you'll be getting your, your something new exclusive season four mug in the mail very soon. Can I put beer in it? Yes. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Michael Arden put chalk in his, like, it's like a chalk holder. Awesome. Yeah. What a great idea. Yeah, right? People can do whatever they want with the mug. Good. Yes, as long as you can. take a selfie with it. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and put it up on your social media feeds. Thank yes, you. Yes, yes. Hashtag something new. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, James, it was so nice to have you here in my home. Thank you. To sing and to, to talk about what makes you excited about things outside of your craft performing which is amazing and impressive everyone should hire him get him on broadway let's, let's get let's get james ludwig back on broadway yes please that's where he belongs james ludwig production contract thank you <laughs> and um i can't wait to see what you're doing next i'm excited about the um 54 below concert that we have going on <laughs> yeah that'll be fun <laughs> and i can't wait to hear more very fun happy guy happy hour guy announcements thank you and i look forward to singing more of your stuff I think it's terrific. That's going to happen. Good. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, from my living room in Inwood, this is Joel B. New. And Jimmy Ludwig. Saying thank you for dropping by for something new. Thank you. Behind the wheel and drive Reserve a zip car named Maurice And take I-95 We're going North Carolina
down No We're on the hunt For a fictional town Cabot Cove It's a place that doesn't care about the daily grind My Netflix queue and your soul cycle class Leave them behind We'll cross this off our bucket list Yeah Visit a town that doesn't really exist Cabot Cove, Cabot Cove, and we'll stay for only half a day because of all of the murders. Back in time for you to take your spinning class. Cue up an episode of Murder She Wrote and sit on my ass. We'll both grow old, I'll grow obese. Oh, and you'll forget we drove a car. Named Maurice. I'll see you in Cabot Cove. Meet me in Cabot Cove.